0: <laughs> what's that
1: you're listening to, back? Oh, to the just green stand back and go ahead whenever you're ready you're listening sure, to the okay. green and Clean waterfowl and podcast
2: with, um, Lenny, with Ted was just Yankees offering and sociography. Uh, to record this so we can
1: use it in the future if, if we wanted. to. so yeah, I think if there's no objections from the group, I think that that's a fantastic suggestion because um, often when you learn something like this, it's really hard to describe to others if they haven't experienced it directly, so.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of flashing around there. Can I run? Okay. Well, um, I'll just go ahead then. I'm Sarah Young, so I you have met some of you and not others. I'm a... Area B Director for the Regional District Kitimat-Stikine, which is the Hazelton, rural Hazelton area on unceded Gitsan territory, which I'm very grateful to live there and work there and be there. So I just wanted to take a quick minute to give you a bit of the background on her, uh, why we're hosting this and what we're hoping to do going forward. So, uh, and also to thank our sponsors. I'm gonna just stick something in the chat here in a minute that, that acknowledges them. Uh, but about a year ago, Kazda Thomas, who was a councillor yeah, yeah. in Smithers, and Lani Gibson, who was a councillor in Kinemat, she's on the call today, they applied for FCM funding, uh, which is Federation of Canadian Municipalities, uh, for funding made available through Women and Gender Equality Canada to work on increasing diversity in locally elected people in northwestern BC, um, and also to support the ones who are elected. Uh, from that funding, they had a steering group, and they did a whole lot of work to increase that awareness. Um, they did a bunch of brochures, they did some videos um, showing showcasing women who were elected at that point. They um, they did a series of workshops that were planned and held, which were fantastic, and that's kind of how I became involved, actually, uh, and and much more. So that that one year project is nearing the end now, and. Um, I just, I'm on the new steering committee, as is Angela here. Um, and we want to thank Lani and CASDA for all the work that they've done. It's, um, it's always worth acknowledging the hard work that's come before to allow us to be where we're at. And so I also wanted to just um, invite anyone that's here to do two things. You can email me if you wanna be involved in any way. And we can just have a chat about that. And have a look uh, on Facebook for Electra Northwest that page is going to be shifting a bit in the coming months to kind of be a more you know supportive group where we can interact and support one another there um so big shout out to lani and Kazda, uh and kayla and others who did the work but a lot of it was carried by lani and Kazda. and um yeah feel free to jump in lani if there's something
1: that i missed there and i'll put the, the sponsors in the chat yeah. Thanks for everything you said. I'll just say I had good intentions of getting out of my dog walking outfit before joining you here today, but uh, then I got like a hundred council emails because even though I'm not on council anymore, I'm still on working on these projects. So. Anyway, yeah, thank you for explaining that and it's just great to see everyone here. I, I do have one question uh, for the group, uh, if you want to uh, maybe drop it in the chat at the end of this. Um, one of the things that we wanted to do with lecturer to help remove barriers was we had some policy briefs that, that we had a university student from the University of Guelph us with one of them was um on how to get a child care reimbursement claim uh for your council or regional district um one was on how to get a parental aid policy and the third one was intended to be on how to foster cultural or procedural change so for example by suggesting that your council get training in sociocracy or deep democracy or another alternative to running meetings um those pieces aren't quite wrapped up and um the parental leave and the child could leave are but that third one needs a bit of tweaking uh we have a little bit of funding left over that we could spend this week and so um yeah i guess i just wanted input for people on the call would you find it helpful or do you think it's impactful for um, all of the women that received an invitation to this event to also kind of receive a policy brief so would you or maybe a community group that you know would you be likely to go to your bad council or your regional district or board and say or sorry or, or city council and say hey we want a child care policy we want a parental leave policy we want to we want a policy for, for better training on better procedures because we don't think Robert's rule of order fosters enough collegial discussion. So um, yeah, just wanted to kind of throw that out. Those are the kind of projects or, or things that we did. Um, I, I see a yes in the chat and yeah, so just, yeah. We'll, I'll leave it to you to give feedback back from others uh, after this great training from Ted, so thank you.
3: Thank you. And do you want to say a few words about the context of why you asked for this, besides that you had funds over hold on and I also had to click recording?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. So... Recording in progress. Thank you. Um, so I was able to observe sociocracy uh, in action at uh, several co-housing communities that I visited while my husband and I were on a sabbatical about five years ago. Uh, and I was just really impressed with the way, um, using this process allowed for very efficient decisions, but in a much more inclusive manner than just a kind of a majority rules, uh, debate. And in my experience in local government, as well as working on various boards, uh, I think people get really nervous about just informal discussions. So in my local government, it says that we can follow Robert's Rules of Order uh, under our Procedure Guidelines or we can suspend Robert's Rules of Order and have informal discussion. Um, Robert's Rules of Order is really setting a group up to have a debate for or against one option or the other. It's not really a good process for generating new ideas, um, amending uh, motions in any complex way, uh and and what i what i really don't like about it is that if a member of the group has an objection um the it's kind of their job alone to convince everyone else why they're right and the others are wrong and as i'm sure ted will address today the shift that happens in sociocracy is if one person makes an objection even if you don't agree You value their voice and their input and the constituents they represent. And so the whole group takes responsibility for trying to think about how you could resolve that objection. So it really shifts from an adversarial process to a collaborative process. And uh, based on my experience in local government, that's really, really necessary. And it seems that some... Local governments and band councils are able to have really productive informal discussions, but others aren't and they are really struggled to have a different process other than Roberts Rules of Order. So we thought that by introducing some of you to sociocracy that you might want to get using it in some of the committees that you're on or or places where you volunteer or better yet in your council and board government tables um, especially at committee meetings and strategic planning meetings so robert's rules of order can be effective for quick decisions about relatively inconsequential matters like what do we charge at the municipal campsite but when you're talking about those more divisive issues you know childcare, mental health economy environment um, things where it's there's a need to, to not be so black and white in war against one solution or another. And there's really a need to be inclusive of other voices. Um, we were hoping that uh, by learning from Ted today that you might have a new tool uh, for those kinds of discussions. So and hopefully that sets the context. Thanks, Ted. Fantastic.
3: Thank you. Yes, that is the context. That's exactly what I want to talk about. And um, I'm loving the frame. Um, a few things about me. Um, before I start, in case you're wondering. So, I do this kind of stuff um, all day, every day. Um, I co-founded a nonprofit that helps people know about these other options because, um, as Lani was saying, most people think Robert's Rules is how decisions are made, right? Not knowing that there are other decisions and that there might be pros and cons to consider here. Yeah. Uh, that was a few years ago, um, and our organization out it itself uses soci- sociocracy. And myself, actually, I got exposed to sociocracy in the same way as money, and that is that I moved into an intentional community you know, that uses sociocracy. So in an intentional community this is fairly common. But I also work with businesses, I work with nonprofits, I work with schools and of organizations. Um, a few things about me. So I'm in Massachusetts, my accent is German, in case you're wondering. Um, I have five kids One of them will come home during our Our training I hope that we'll be going okay um, I'm transgender So I am I'm Sympathetic For the cause I guess what I want to say <laughs> <laughs> To the cause Wrong preposition Now however I want to talk about society. Um, But I would also be super curious if people are willing to just throw up something in the chat about where you're coming from and what your what your lens is with what with which you're listening today um, but we will also hear more from you um, in our little broadcast that you can opt into and don't have to so you're welcome to use the chat for a little self What will happen here is that I will talk for about oh, we're for maybe ten or fifteen minutes, uh, and then we will go more into role play and unpacking it and um, and figuring out some of the of some of the technicalities of how to actually do this. Well. My goal is to give you an appetizer on how consent decision works and maybe to get you in a place that you're confident to try it out, especially in a smaller meeting. I don't think I would jump into a large group meeting with this right away, and I also want to say a few things about that in general. So, thank you. Okay. Anything else housekeeping-wise before I start talking? You have one and a half hours, correct? Yes. Okay. So, here are a few slides that you will also be able to get later. So first, the word sociocracy. Lani didn't stumble at all over it, but most people do, actually. And I want to explain just to you what it means, so that you don't have this, like, what's this awkward word in the first place kind of feeling. And it, um, I mean, of course, we all know Crissy, right? That's the same as democracy and sociology. We also know from sociology. So it's those two things together. It's those who associate together govern. In this case, together. So there's a there's a shortcut of saying it just so you get the, the basic idea. It's so sim- simplified that it's basically wrong, but the idea is those who work together decide together. Um. So for example, in an intentional community like the one that I live in, the people who do the gardening and the decide about the gardens. Yes. That's for example not me. <laughs> I don't have any decision making rights in the garden and I'm totally fine with that, honestly. Or um, similar things, the people who take care of the community building, they are the deciders on the community building and so on. So that's the basic idea. In my nonprofit, I'm one of the trainers so I decide about how training works. Um, with the other trainers. So that's the basic idea. And sociocracy has been around for quite a while, actually, and it was intended to be kind of a vision of a new society. Um, already very early, when people just used the term, which was um, which was actually in the eighteen hundreds. But then the way sociocracy is now, with all the different pieces that you'll hear some about, has been around since the late nineteen seventies, early nineteen eighties, and it was put together in its current form, really, by an engineer from the. So he's still alive Jared um, yeah that was called the sociocratic circle method but now people just call it sociocracy alright and what is it so sociocracy has several parts to it um, and since I don't ex- typically I have to explain to people what governance even is, I'm skipping that here um, because I don't need to explain that here but in terms of organizational governance what it is meant for maybe organization or governance. Governance, we need three things. Well, that's the main colors that we use. Um, decision making by consent, which we will look at. Then who decides what? I will say a few words about that because it's important to understand the context. And then another thing is feedback because nothing, nothing in a, from an engineering point of view, um, a system that doesn't could feedback it can self-repair readjust or anything like that so feedback becomes an int- integral part of the whole system which we will look at a tiny Gaya. little bit it's kind of baked into everything how much it surfaces in our there's a,
4: a hummingbird this. on the fishing rod that you put um, on the kiwi but for plant. example
3: having an objection is, is a form of feedback right um, oh it flew away sharing the reasons of why something doesn't work and everybody can learn and Helpful to the system to get the information on the table, and then sociocracy is um, really built to do all to do all the governance as effectively and as e- in, as effectively as possible, and in a way that's as egalitarian as possible. So the concerns about Robert's rules or majority vote in general, I sh- we share very much. Um, so I want to show how it can be done a little differently. And then there are all kinds of little different things, like how do we elect people, and what are roles, and all of that, and how are meetings held, that are all a little different, and, and kind of fit into, into this way of thinking of how can we do things together, instead of in competition with each other. So there's a very kind of collective focus. Now, just a few things about um, about structure, because as I said, we need to, we need to understand a little bit about it. Although I'm aware that there's not much in most of the places that I assume you're in. There's not much you can do about the structure. That's right true. in my organization, if we decide to form, you know, to restructure our organization, we can just do that. Um, there might not always be an option unless the committee structure is such that you could. Um, the kind of the basic building block of a sociocratic organization is what they call a circle, which is a team committee, all the same thing. Um, and because it's those who work together, decide together, they will... Can you turn that light outside. off, Leia? Let's imagine...
4: That light that's outside? Yeah, just turn that light off, it's daytime. In
3: living organization. Those are the it's gardeners. It's beside the door they also make the decisions the you got policies it about the work like what can like can anybody harvest in the garden or um I don't know I actually don't know what kind of policies they make I'm blanking on the good examples but I guess the harvesting policy was a little bit of a big hit a month ago and then they self-organize they decide how often they need how long they need who facilitates them and that's pretty they have an aim which is what they're trying to do that's kind of the goal and they have a domain which is the area of decision making that's not a sociocratic thing that's typically generally the case for any decision-making body that they know what they can make decisions about right that's their, their sphere of authority and they typically have a goal Now, if we have a whole organization that will be lasting on structure, what we do is we have several teams, several circles, committees, call them whatever. So for example, in my organization my um, living organization, this would be the gardening team, this would be the conflict resolution and membership, kind of the people's circle, kind of another thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And this would be Everything that is the built environment, like the houses, the roads, the snowplow, the... whatever. The roofs of a house. And then, ideally, in this kind of organization, everything is already decided somewhere because what we do, I haven't said that yet, we give these groups full decision-making authority. I have said that, actually, when I said that the gardening team they are the decision-makers on the garden things. So ideally, and if, if I look at this as an organization that's kind of the sociocratic default, um, all the decisions would now be made somewhere. So all the decisions that need to be made in this organization have a place where they live, where they can. The one thing that we need to connect it all is to have two people from each of these circles and put them into what we call general circle. So that information can flow. But the general circle is not kind of the overall decider's decision that I made here. They're just making sure that we know what the aims and domains are, and maybe they need to adjust these aims and domains so that they maybe, for example, have an additional thing that they do. Anyway, there's more to say about structure, but I will not do that right now because we want to focus on content. I just want you to know that consent is just one of the tools that comes with the context. And the most important thing about this context is that people who make decisions by consent are typically people who have a work context in which they in which they are working shoulder to shoulder, I wanna say. Which makes decision making much easier than if you're not actually involved in something, if you're just running on opinions. Instead of the need to figure something out so you can do something together so that's a big unifier in a sociocratic system and the other one is that it's built in small groups and by small group I mean anything under 10 you know not 25 not 80 because with 80 people you can't have the quality of listening that
0: you can have in a small group
3: and honestly I think a lot of the issues that we have is because we try to solve things to okay. Anyway, I want to talk about these things right now. If you want to hear, like, if you're interested in sociocracy for more organization kind of situation, there, you know, then I will send you to other resources also on structure. And, um, yeah, I think I'll pause here on that. Let me pause very quick and just see if there's general things, like, maybe there's a question on your mind. Or confusion um, that is distracting you right now, then I'd rather get it out of the way. Uh, so if you have something right now, You can also use the chat as a repository, but I will pause several times now anyway because I want to do this consent decision. Together. Okay, so we all understand what top-down hierarchy looks like. In a typical organization, if there's a boss, right, there's some sort of proposal, and if the person at the top of the hierarchy says yes, then it's a yes no matter what anybody things so if we have I don't know, I never counted these maybe it's ten maybe if if we have ten people and nine of them say no and one of them says yes if that one of them saying yes is the boss that's what we're doing so a lot of what we're trying to do in looking at governance is to just create more participatory systems because this is not very participatory So, as in, all the information that those people have is just lost, especially if we have a context where it's too scary and not safe enough to say our ideas, then it's completely lost. It's not even heard as as common. Now, majority vote. We all know how that works. Um, The voting, of course, was... Progress from autocratic decision making. And yet, it's still, of course, the case that many voices are not heard. And the nuances get wound out, and all the things that um, Lani was talking about how um, just leading up to a decision, if it's made by majority vote, will create this um, either with us or against us energy. Because we know at the end we need to win or lose so that way it will already change the debate. And it was actually just recently coming across, that seems important to you, coming across a study where somebody was studying um, participation in a discussion and especially gender balance actually based on the um, decision-making method at the end. If they sent a group into discussing something telling them that they would have to vote at the end, then women had a much smaller part of the discussion. If they had a discussion and they knew they would have to make a decision at the end where everybody agrees, it was a much more balanced uh, ratio of talking terms. So it's not only, you know, the decision is not only about the decision, the decision-making method sets the culture already leading up to it. And that's pretty shocking, actually, to me. It's like, wait, how many, how many conversations already go a different way because of the decision-making method at the end? Besides the fact that forty-nine percent of the people, even in a perfect voting system, um, would be left out. Now let's look at consent, and I want to also contrast it real quick with consensus. If you know consensus, which most people have some sense of. Um, it's very 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 close to consent but i will put a little bit of a finer point on it for now for this moment it doesn't matter so much the difference between the consent and consensus so let's say we have a proposal now we have a smaller group in this case five people that's the team so the and now in order to pass this proposal everybody needs to consent Somebody says no, that means they have an objection, that means we now need to look at more. So it's the most inclusive way of making decisions, right? When every person who says no will be heard and can can um, trigger a re-evaluation of the proposal so that we can find a better proposal. And that's also why this is not so great for large groups, like I know in my own community sometimes when we try to use consent in small groups, it's not an issue, as soon as we try to use consent in a group of 70, it's not so enjoyable, because it's more likely that somebody will have have an opinion that's not so easy to integrate, and again, (laughs) it's a time issue. 70 people listening to one person is very different to one person. I mean, five people listening to one person. Okay, so that's that. That's the basic setup of consent and abdiction. Everybody needs to say it. But what does it mean to consent? Sorry, Ted,
2: just, um, there were just a couple of comments that might might be relevant right now in the chat.
3: Yes, 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 yes. Right? Thank you. I can have it open. I would love to send you a link to that study. Please prompt me if that. Because I'm a big fan of it, and consent is just a committee of the margin. Well, again, the system is in theory built so that decision making happens in small groups because we entrust smaller groups with more power to make decisions. So again, consent comes from this context and is a little—you know—it's not. It doesn't transport so well into other situations where that's not the case where either groups are larger or the committees are not empowered to make decisions. And yet some of the things we can still take and use in other places. I just want you to be aware that the way it was designed was kind of ideal for ideal circumstances. That's how the system is set up so that it would be ideal. But we don't always have ideal. And then we need to work with what we have. Uh, Okay, so let's see. So whenever we make a proposal in a group, typically there are some people that say, Oh, I love it. It's a great proposal, Ted, perfect, best idea ever. And then others might be more lukewarm about it, right? They might say, okay, nothing wrong with it. not necessarily what I would have done, but it's fine. Nothing wrong. And then there might be the people who have an objection who say, no take your proposal is not
0: gonna
3: work. And by the way, here it becomes important that in consent decision making, an objection is really only based on we can't do what we were planning to do together. So there has to be something wrong with it. You can't just say, I don't feel like it. And that's why I chose this icon. So it's not an unhappy emoji here. Right? It's not that somebody might dislike it, it's more that they're saying, wait, the thing that we do doesn't work if we do this. And that's the difference between consent and consensus. Consensus is often just defined as everybody needs to agree, and if somebody doesn't like it, they can just say no. Well, in consent, it's very clear when you can say no. You can really only say no if you have a reason to say no and say, related to our group aim, to the thing that we're trying to do, this Now there are two things that are different. So sorry. And then if you if you um, if you like it or if you accept it, that both means consent. Now there are two things about consent that are different from what they're typically used. To. The first one is you can consent to something that wasn't your first choice. Here, the people here, they're not saying this is my first choice. This is the perfect. And they're saying, Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't have an objection. Um, and that's good enough. It's one of the slogans in sociocracy that is um, good enough for now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sure, we can do that now. I don't see a problem with it right now. So, since both a majority vote and in consensus decision making will always ask for a preference, people are not used to saying yes to things that wasn't what they wanted possible and we use consent informally all the time actually like when I watch my kids play for example you know and one of them says like oh let's play this and that and the other one says yeah fine that's basically consent you know it's not what they would have suggested but they're like hey I want to play that's my aim if that's what you're proposing and I'm not against it fine I'll go along with it for the sake of playing so for this for the aim that we have in the moment I'm willing to do it so we make these judgment calls all the time of like, okay, it's not what I want, but it works overall. So how about I just guess The other one, the, the second thing that was different from what we're typically used to is that in this system objections are a good thing. How could objections be a good thing? Objections are a good thing because point is to some thing that we might be screwing up right now. So, as I said, somebody who objects would only object because they see a reason of how this is going to break something. If somebody that we're working with sees a reason of how a proposal I'm making is going to break something, I would want to hear it, right? I would say, wait, you're my colleague and you think this is a mistake, tell me why. So... Once you're in that mindset, and you know, once people are using the system, the first reaction if somebody's objecting is not, ah, there we go again. But the first reaction is, oh, thank you. What is it? What's the objection? And as that, the system really becomes something slightly different. So instead of even wondering whether what the best idea is, we're really only considering works or do I think this doesn't work? It's a super pragmatic approach. If it works, consent. If it doesn't work, please object. And we will try this out. Um, a few more things. So I consent if something helps us reach our aim, I object if something negatively impacts how we can reach our aim. That means somebody says I consent, then this is the same thing as saying I have no objections. And if they say I don't consent, then they should have an objection and be able to tell us about it. So there is no standing aside, there is no abstaining. Um, and the reason for that is because we want that group to make a choice collectively. If one person abstains, it's not a collective anymore. Then we've left somebody behind. So in order to really decide, everybody needs to decide whether they're In order to really decide as a group, every group member needs to consent or tell us what's wrong. You know, that we work until everybody can consent. But leaving people behind is not an option if we want to be co responsible. Yes, and thank you, Alicia. I am aware that that happens. um, I'm aware of several organizations that were looking for more um, indigenous aligned governance methods that um, that look at sociocracy or are aware of how cinema okay and it's that very thought that I so much admire sorry just on that um, on, um, indigenous ways of looking at it of how leaving people behind is just such an unsustainable It's just not worth it like you know, if we want to think in the long run it's not something we can afford to do so i absolutely love that that idea that as far as i know in the us that was you know the reaction to the constitution like, left out wait. people not a sustainable idea that's exactly what is happening so it's, anyway back here okay now, the big question that people typically have is okay, what if somebody doesn't consent? And as I already said, we then have to look a little bit more deeply. But that I want to do in role play with you because this was a lot of talking already. So I think the next thing that happens is role play. It doesn't seem to be. So I will skip over that. There we go. One more thing that I need to tell you that I forgot. So. We can As I said, the decision-making method alone is already valuable and the way to get there then makes it really valuable. And one way to get there is to really make sure that everybody is walking towards that decision together. And the way we do that is with very basic things. Like, first we make sure everybody understands the proposal classic kind of a classic tool in is that we do rounds which is a simple circle practice so we will see that in the demo in a moment that we always just go around and ask each person in the room do you understand the proposal next question we ask in the second round is what do you think what's your reaction to this proposal and the third question is do you consent So that way, already on our way to the discussion, assuming that we've already had conversations about um, making a proposal, so the proposal didn't fall from the sky, we needed it somehow. We now have a situation where everybody is really like considering, like, we understand this, what do we think about it, and then consent and objections. So it's not just a moment of decision making. Now I'm gonna show you my roleplay scenario that we're gonna work with which is one of my favorite ones also because it's so outrageous okay so don't don't get too upset with me I'm not saying we should do this it's just for practice but it's good for
0: practice
3: okay now actually let me look at you real quick because I would love to have um, I would love to have a little group of like, let's say, four people to play with me. It's really great. Hello, it's
5: Alicia. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, i happy to have you. Yeah. Sarah, uh, do you want me to
3: do Yeah, I know. can do it if no one else will, but I'm happy for other, people. Cool. Uh, other people. Sarah, you're you unmuted. Yes, cool. Yes, yeah. cool. Okay, lady. Well, I also play, I'm happy to have five people if you wanted. I'm sh- uh,
6: sure. Yeah. Sorry for joining late. Um, I'm sh- actually chairing a meeting with, and we're talking about these processes, and it's just really applicable. But I do have to leave at one o'clock. Is this? Am I able to engage
3: in this practice by
6: one? Okay. Perfect. I'll I'll try. Yeah. Uh,
3: yes. We will just. So we will. I mean, yes. There will be iterations. So what we will do is several things. First will only try out the um, clarifying questions, reactions consent, right? just so that we see those three ends, and then we will think about objections. and Then we will think about how to integrate objections. So, uh, Kayla, you will. Kayla, 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 Kayla. I never know. I'm always wrong in my first cases.
6: Kayla, yeah, you were great. Yeah, thank you.
3: Um, so you might miss, you know, part of that. But let's play first, okay? So, I will play facilitator, and I will ask you questions. So, let's imagine that... Alicia, would you be willing to be the outrageous person that brought this proposal? That's, that requires a little role play. You can say no, it's totally fine, I Okay, so the five of us are part of a Mars mission. We're flying there with 120 people. And the five, so there are other groups organizing other things. I'm sure there's a food, group, and there is a whatever navigation circle. And I'm sure there is a conflict resolution circle. And we are the well-being circle. And our aim is entertaining the travelers during the 9-month flight to keep peace, health, increase connection and confidence in the project. So that's what we're doing. We're just keeping them happy and sane. Now, there are different things that we do as a circle. You know, let's say we had like a Valentine card making last month, you know, and we do these weekly Whatever games, nights. So we do other things as well. This is not the only thing we're doing. But now Alicia had this brilliant idea of bringing another proposal which we're now gonna try and make a decision. And the proposal is I'm gonna read it. Yeah. That we as a circle are putting on a mandatory weekly soccer of Mars club for everyone who would have
0: now
3: let me see. I will just ask you whether you have questions. So just questions for understanding, okay? And I will ask Sarah, do you have questions about this? Proposal? No, I see. shaking. Sarah, do you have a question?
2: I do. How much time is this going to take? How much time are we committing to this activity? I'll be sure want to make you pick something up.
3: It's your I'm playing. Uh.
5: It consists of five days
3: um, starting on a Thursday and ending on a Monday. Okay. Got it. (laughs) And the question is answered, Sarah. Sure, I
2: guess I'm also wondering
5: how long during the day. Like, is it a one hour that we would be playing soccer or...? Um, it'll be around Robin and... It'll consist of all day during the day, and it'll we'll be done starting in early mornings say so like 9 o'clock and then be ending um, just a little bit after dinner with the last game at 6 p.m. <laughs> you're ready to
3: go for
6: it. Okay. Um, thank you. I've got a quick question. Um, <laughs> is the What happens to people if they don't attend? It says mandatory, so I'm just wondering if um if
3: there's a consequence or anything. And by the way, Alicia, if you don't have an answer, that's also fine. You don't have to answer anything. It's also fine if you say, oh, I haven't about that. You know I mean? It's
5: totally fine. Then we shoot them out to space. <laughs> <laughs> and let them fend for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they, and food, and, get, and food, get food rations
0: for the next
3: couple of weeks to penalize them. <laughs> nice, yes, yes, yes. so I'll be putting that in the proposal shoot space.
7: them out to space
3: how about we just use the the like okay there will be consequences
0: Punishments. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, um, who haven't I asked yet? Hold on, because I'm really trying my little round robin here of making sure I ask anybody. It's, I think I've asked Sarah, I've asked Syrah, Kayla, and asked a question. I don't think I have any question. So it is. Are you sure? Do you have a question yourself?
5: I don't know. <laughs> I kind of don't agree with the consequences either, because it's supposed to be fun, and create and keep peace and health and increase connection. So
3: like a mandatory thing. I'm kind of treating it. still proposed they want to take the consequences out again. You, yeah, out again. yeah, I would. <laughs> so let's. Okay, then it's. I guess right now it's undefined what the consequences are, which is maybe. Okay. Maybe take be able to create
5: fun is to add some sort of like prize like first second third prize it'll intrigue them a little bit more in participating
3: alrighty now let's do a round of reactions so the question the reactions is simply what do you think like, what's your overall reaction? You might have additional ideas, you might have just reactions. You might dislike something. Whatever you say so is It's a little bit of a like, free from. So, let's start Oops. with Oops.
6: My initial reaction is just that mandatory language is, is, um, seems a little, uh, as a leader, I don't like to tell people what to do. I like to invite in to to learn so just that mandatory piece is making me my um uh alarm
3: kind of go off a little bit
6: yeah uh, myself as a reaction let's
3: see. let's see yeah i guess i see the mandatory piece and then the the, the question of how do you how do you enforce it and I- kind of
5: now that I'm rereading it, because it looks like it says it's a weekly Soccer Mars Cup. So it's going to consist of like timelines with other things going on throughout that nine months. So it seems to me like it would be more like a league um, throughout the nine-month period of time rather than just like a week-long event, right? You kind of fill in the calendar to keep
3: people entertained. Um, I don't know. I guess one could do kind of a, a game of soccer every week, kind of a
5: thing. Yeah. We have to do? We yeah. Because okay. like how I answered Kyra and now re-reading it over again, I would say like if it's a league, it would consist of like say a Tuesday, a Thursday evening, where it's or certain teams are playing.
4: 27.
5: Ding, ding, ding. With like a round robin, you're doing your tournament um, at the end or something like I'm something. leaving I'm sorry. Yeah, but I have fun. Okay. Thank
3: you. Bye-bye.
5: Okay.
3: So now my reaction is hold We
0: are
3: My reaction is that um, I like it overall. The one thing that I would about Just it was, um, The question it's just I'm
2: I like the idea because I like soccer, um, but I have concerns about the age spread or safety for the younger kids. And I also
0: So, that's it. Just that concern.
4: I don't have too much to add. I, uh, I guess uh, I agree with, uh, concern about the age spread, so we might have to have two divisions where it's like 12 through, whatever, 18, and then 18 and up. Thanks.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good idea. It's
5: just adding the age brackets to um, assure that there's safety in regards to who's playing who when there's fairness. So you
0: want to modify your
3: modification
0: now about the age
3: bracket? Yeah, I would add that.
5: Um, that there'd be I uh each bracket um between I think it was eleven he said eleven and usually it goes to about fifteen and under is that bracket and then maybe like fifteen to eighteen and then adults.
3: go to consent I will actually stick with the same order because I'm lazy right now. Kayla, do you consent to this? And hold on, actually, before you answer, for everybody as a reminder, the question when I ask do you consent is, do you see any of these language this proposal is violated?
6: Goes against keeping the peace, so I could just see that as a flag. So uh, with that, I don't consent.
0: I'm always consent
2: me. I'm okay with it as long as we can revisit if there is an issue with the mandatory.
4: because I don't have any uh, I'm okay with it you know like I I don't like to play soccer whenever I play soccer I'm just sitting in the grass picking clovers so um, uh, that's a way for me to participate in a way that works for me thank you
3: Correct. Okay, cool. Ta-da. Okay, really now we've already done some of the objections things, but that's all right. I wanted to do this so that we see the three so that we just emphasize that again because I find it it calms down the situation. Everybody knows that they're going to ask you. They're going to be asked questions and their reactions and their consent. So, all the needs that you might have sitting there thinking, like, oh, there's so much fun that this feels like, don't get messed. Oh, I have an idea about that. All those needs will be be, uh, considered because you will be asked on each of these different So, having having consistency in the practice of asking and not getting too hurt by whatever the kind of staying in that frame pays off because what then happens when people peace, you know, because not yeah. So, you know, sometimes there are shortcuts, something like that, but the questions, questions, one can also just say, are there any questions, instead of doing the full map? The one problem with that is when you just ask, are there any questions, are a bunch of people that don't even start thinking until you ask them. To like, you know, Sarah, understand the so is very different from. Any questions? No. Okay, let's continue. You know, that's, that creates a whole different level of uh, really traveling together if you ask people. Anyway, and then sometimes people get lost in the in the reaction round because people might have new ideas or they say. they're it or they say they would like it if it's mandatory it and there's if it's optional and so on. And it, i do no know I'm totally fine with changing the proposal on the fly. Like we just sometimes it can be proposal gets watered down inconsistent be because you know everybody throws their wish list on the table and says, Oh while well, we're changing this can we also make it tennis you know um and then then it, it just then I've seen with groups kind of water down kind of perforate I want to say the process so much that they walked away with consent but they didn't actually know what they decided oh, they had different versions of the head so having that in writing and going step by step does pay off then if there's an objection if it's a more complicated objection the first step is to
0: understand it the
3: second step is to ask them okay what do you do? Yeah. and then of those ideas, and as Lani was saying in the beginning, when you're the one objecting, that doesn't mean at all that you're at you can do the You've done your duty by objecting. Okay. Because objecting is given, you know, given the turn. so hard already. And also because, remember when I said objections are a good thing? Of us could have, any of us could have seen the part about manda- Not here anymore, but the mandatory part, how that might violate, or you know, I mean, piece. or lead disconnect between people. So the person who brought that up as an objection, to, oh, this objection wasn't unique or personal to that something that they saw, and a mismatch between this and that. Now that means our proposal is something that we share, right?
0: because
3: we're considering saying yes together or not. Our aim is something that we share. So if there's a mismatch between the two, it has to be something that we together. We cannot say, oh, that was your personal Right? If it's personal, that's not an objection. And if it's about our aim and our proposal, that means it's shared. There is
0: you no such thing as a person. Right. So right. it
3: always goes into that collective
0: responsibility. It's held
3: private group as a group, you, not you, and with really trying not to have you can, sorry, to fall into camps or into introvert these people. Like it's, it's together because we're in it together. We're the being together. It's together. So that's the really high note. And that's why it's also Interesting to then ask everybody whether they have ideas, not just that person. Right? So it always goes back to that. And um, we talked about that. It's the question of when they change the proposals I've talked about now. Now, I'm curious, the people who were listening, did you have any, if I had asked you, would you have had any other? Was well, um
5: there's um if there's any children that are ages eleven, like under eleven, right? It's excluding
3: them. Right. So assuming we have toddlers mm-hmm. and force everybody else to claim so you watch them. <laughs> what if they
0: wanna
3: uh, no. play That's two different objections I guess. <laughs> that. I mean, I like soccer too, but really, if we're like, can't, how many sprained ankles and broken wrists do we want as we're riding on Mars? <laughs> so it
0: might be
3: that so... we can change the proposal of this object. as we did, right? we did um, we changed the mandatory to optional basically that was a modification of the proposal we can also add in childcare that is a modification of the proposal but there are other ways and one of them I think was it you mentioned something like, ooh, it'd be, I'm okay with this if we have an evaluation period. was it going to say um, Which is basically a way of using this strategy. Um, so we shorten the term, like, how long is this in effect for? Which, because we can just decide in June to continue doing it, doesn't mean that it's only in effect until then. But then that's when we... my goal to actually instead of tinkering with the proposal I would just ask okay you're saying no are you willing to try it out for because you can get away with a lot and really be more in a space of um, experimentation and, uh, if you just ask okay but can we try it out and there's actually a whole kind of philosophy or mindset underneath because often when people only know this way of modifying Objections, then they will be in a way rather conservative I and mean, not have a lot of um, creativity because they're just they're just trying to kind of make it work. But all of these things are based on hypotheses in our brain, you know, like we're making hypotheses of whether people are going to get hurt, or not. whether like all of that, you exactly know, because of somber context. Or not. So we're making hypotheses about how the children behave in the We don't actually know. I mean we can make educated guesses but really we don't know. So having an evaluation period and just going for something as soon as it's safe enough, you know, we don't do crazy things. But if it's kind of in the reality of oh it might also work out, then why not just try it out for a short period of time? And get out of that space of overthinking, overthinking, hypothesizing and instead get into a place of, oh that didn't work, we you know. Or hey that actually didn't work, now we know. So it's a different strategy The last one is uh, connected to the second one because they often go together and it's where we are um, measuring or tracking kind of what might go wrong. Instead of just saying, something will go wrong, we shouldn't do this, we're going to say, okay, let's, let's keep an eye on whether the bad thing happens. Now to practice, I want to out with you for some of these objections what we could use for them so the objection of um, potential leaves young kids unsupervised that's a good example potential leaves young kids unsupervised we could modify the people by doing what having child care Shorten the term, that's always the same answer, by shorten the term, um, in a way, the way Syrah has, has proposed, and say, oh, how about we do this twice, you know, let's do this weekday, oh, let's, do, let's do it three times, three, three games, and then we'll see. And then measure the concern for the, for the unsupervised children, what would that look like, what would that look like, try and go ahead and just keep an eye on it?
5: Not everybody is going to be playing at once, so we're creating a community, or unity, or whatever. We can have people that aren't playing mind the children.
3: Right, and that's kind of, almost like a combination of those two. One is that they will keep an eye out, but they will also tell us when it gets too rough. When they're like, hold on, this is actually, this is just much. This is too high of a risk. There's a a
4: black-capped chickadee now.
3: Because maybe the spaceship is super safe and he can't get lost, right? And he can't get hurt because it's all whatever. I don't know what it looks like on the inside. Maybe it's okay to say whatever the children, younger children, are just going to be part of the room and we'll just see what happens. Maybe it is safe. We put them in the anti-gravity room. We can just float them and little, see how happy they are. They never get to go. To
4: you can't get hurt yeah. that way. right That's true. <laughs> I mean, just have
3: somebody watch and see how often children float against each other. <laughs> Alright. Then of course for some some of these it's not so it's you know it, it's guess it becomes a question of risk management. For example, you know how many spray vests are we willing to do? Like let's say let's say I mean just for the sake of the example I'm not sure this is the, best example of the but we could say, okay, um guess public policy deals with it all the time, right? Um let's say we do this these soccer things, but if two people get hurt, you know, more than just falling and getting back up, then I think we should be willing to give it, you know to give it that So that would be a measurement of some kind of thing where we have agreement on what would be like what would be the threshold that can be crossed. So then, instead of changing the proposal, we're talking about the risk and managing it together by defining thresholds. Two options here. One is I throw another example at you, which I'd be happy to do. The other one is to just go with the question. Um, I, don't fully know how much, uh, I don't know what you're
2: saying.
4: I just said I don't know. Saying, I couldn't hear you very well.
3: Oh. Sorry, I was saying that we could play another completely different scenario, <laughs> or we could just go with questions or reflection questions.
8: I don't know.
4: Um, I I think that. I guess I'm so used to actually having like kind of ma- ma- matters of consequence that are really like serious that this sort of uh hypothetical space uh soccer game is like really um refreshing in a sense, you know, because <laughs> then
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: Oh, this is obviously not what's reality. Okay? <laughs> now we can just focus. <laughs> uh. Sorry, but I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You want to
4: say one. Uh, no, I, I don't, um, I'm not, uh, a game, because I, I guess I'm used to being, like, these are my hard-fought territories, and this is what I'm fighting for, whether it's childcare, you know, like, um, uh, waste diversion, things like that, that it's easier to play these games where it's, it's not personally affecting me, or, you know, like, I'm not, like, so held to one sort of belief system um, yeah, like having some play in my day has been really nice <laughs>
3: um, let's do let's actually do a full round of reflection of just kind of how the people like, very similar to what Sarah was doing around um, what was this like but also reflection on your work and what like, has what stirred up maybe, I guess Video
7: on, makes me think that I, can <laughs> I have to apologize i'm actually at work so i have ducked out a little bit that's why i took my camera off i had so i haven't heard absolutely everything so can i just wait i totally missed what sarah said so can i totally can i wait till the next person talks please
4: i don't know if there's anyone else oh good christine's here yeah. go christine
3: present i just gonna kind of, it's totally fine if you just say you don't want to speak and just kind of go she's eating, eating. eating.
1: <laughs> yeah um so i guess i just want to share um that when you did a training for another group that i'm involved with everybody who participated in the training and, and in that training we all got a chance to practice we got really amazing feedback that they were excited to go and use this in their organizations particularly people that were like doing uh, multi-stakeholder and government first nations things that you know this really fits with the indigenous worldview that was a comment earlier um but i know from the experience of, of one organization where we did adopt it that what happened was unfortunately after the original training um We had new members join and there wasn't, there just wasn't the administrative capacity in the organization to ensure they got their training. We talked about it, but it just didn't happen. And the chair, the facilitator for this group, didn't really kind of have it down in terms of the rounds and 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 particularly uh the integrating objections i think like i think it's easy enough to know to do your three rounds and to have your cheat sheet to ask questions but some people seem to struggle so i just wanted to kind of say that as a, a caution that's kind of just my reaction to watching this is i actually feel a little bit of responsibility that I introduced it to an organization that didn't actually have the internal capacity to make sure everyone was using it correctly. And I worry that, that people who've been exposed to it, a minute. Uh, where it's maybe not functioning to its full potential, are um, maybe having a bad idea about it or something. So I'm just, I guess I'm just saying that this today is, this is just really like the tip of the iceberg and I really encourage people try to, to, the to delve a little bit deeper area. and if you want to try it in an organization, um, like get people they, who are you don't have to a actually whole thing practicing. Are so that organization that I was back with uh, before, we actually just did a Zoom call and practiced. Ted, you had had a great example, just choosing lunch, right? How do we, you know, <laughs> how do we choose lunch? Um, I actually went into a grade 10 classroom recently and gave the grade 10 it was a social class didn't tell them anything about why like this might be better than robert's rules of order but we did a five-minute session on robert's rules of order and then sociocracy excuse me trying to decide where to go for spring break where a group of kids would all go and the robert's rules of order the proposal put on the floor was voted down with only two in favor and five objecting and the sociocracy within five minutes they had full consent and had resolve from some pretty significant objections and um yeah so i guess that's just a really long act to say this process a ton of promise but make sure that people who are practicing are invested in doing the practicing and that everybody's on the same page i yeah so sorry i i hope that was a relevant comment but no, it is that's what's coming up for me thanks
8: uh thank you um listening to the role play reminded me that i was introduced to this like a decade ago but i didn't know it was called sociocracy like i saw it used in practice so i was at a workshop and there were all these social purpose entrepreneurs pitching their ideas and us as audience members were restricted it was similar we were only allowed to ask clarifying questions the first round the second round like And what I really loved about that and this, which jogs with memory, um, was that it it, it puts parameters around what you're allowed to respond to. And I sometimes think that's very effective in terms of time, in terms of making decisions, in terms of flattening um, asymmetry and power dynamics. Um, I would love to see it, and I'm just new, but I would love to see it. Used like uh for a strategic plan. So as someone who's a new time counselor, um, I think we'll have a strategic plan. Maybe but we will maybe this year or next year. Oh, I would shoot. love to see like an example where it's actually used um, with some strategic plan objectives and how we come about to that. Just for me, there's something about taking it from the abstract to something that I can apply it to. Although uh Lani mentioned like choosing lunch, so I like that there's I would like to get more examples of different uh, ways I could use it because I could use it with my family, I could use it uh, in the workplace, I can use it as a counselor, and then it'll become more embodied. I think it will take a very committed facilitator and people that are invested in the process because they see the they see the results or the merit and how this is an alternative to Robert's Rules and. Um, yeah, I think that's what I want to say. It's a much more relational way of finding finding consent and making decisions. So I appreciate that very much. Hi Ted. Natal. No um I just have a question. How do you like in a meeting, if um uh, like and I are on. We, are, we all have, uh, we're all excited about it and we have different things that we want to add. Like, I guess my question is how do you keep people on topic? Like if you're if you're presenting a proposal for one certain thing and then say somebody gets an idea about something and then they just kind of blurt it out, but it's not related to what the actual proposal is that you're doing the round table for, how do you politely um, let them know that they're not on topic? there's so much
3: to say about this but um, (laughs) (laughs) because so the first thing I want to say is you can only hold people accountable to a topic if you've made an agreement about what your topic is if you don't have an agreement you have nothing to hold accountable to Mm -hmm. so and the problem is with things like sociocracy you know it's like it's kind of like it's a little bit of a ball of yarn you know like wherever you start you basically have to do all the things eventually you know otherwise like like Teach how to have meetings. Meetings means you need to consent to your agenda. Otherwise, you don't have that agreement because then that makes everything else hard. The other one is there is, and I put that in the chat, there is a little bit of a frame that I think is super helpful um, that makes a difference between, it's very similar to uh, to Just don't make me
4: say it again.
3: Consent. It's that every agenda item is either report or an exploration slash discussion it's a decision and if you know that and you already bake into your agenda this is a report this is a discussion there will not be a decision or this is a decision we have to make a decision today then you're managing expectations in a way so that people know what to expect and it makes it much easier for them to respond to them. and since you've already said this is you know to your consent to having this meeting with these topics with these outcomes you can now say excuse me it's just a report, so we're not, we said we're not going to have a discussion about this. Karma. You know, to make to Get it out, baby.
4: You know, Get it
3: then out. Then you kind of give them the choice of, like, shall we change our agenda? Because this was the original agenda, which makes it much easier to hold people accountable to the system. Because they've already said yes. Or you say, you know, it's almost like showing the torture instruments or things. Like, so like, do you want to change the agenda? Because that's the whole process now, that We can do that. And The then birds like, no, are I'm eating the seeds. Sense. So there's it's um, a
4: black headed bird.
3: It ha- And that's actually also common to what somebody said. It needs <laughs> a skilled facilitator, yes, but it also needs agreements about what's what. You know, shared mental models about what's what. And if you only have one facilitator that does things, it's really hard for the person. And nearly everybody has these birds. Because then, you know, it's like, sure, if you're a very good musician, can improvise with whatever group, you know, but it's really it going to be fun if everybody is a good musician and knows the same scales and so on, and then you can play, right, one good musician doesn't make a good band, it's really, it's, if it's team play, it's team play, so, getting everybody a little trained and facilitators a little more, is yeah, I mean. um, let's see. now I've lost track of your question, but I think I can and about how to hold people accountable.
8: And well, we're just how to, how to let them know that they've gone off topic and cause I think sometimes it ends up getting people's feelings hurt that they, they kind of feel like they're being shut down. in way. Yes. Let me show you something
3: for quick because there's different patterns here in I think that's useful. That's universal. So here's a pattern that I call, um, this is the
0: topic draft,
3: so you know, typically we're kind of within the realm, you know, like we kind of, talking about our topic and ultimately we're done. Okay. I don't know if that, that diagram makes sense that quickly, I think. Yeah. Kind of, we all know these situations, right? Then a topic drift is when we go outside, right? And we've already defined at the beginning of a meeting that this is our topic. And then we can say, hey, excuse me, this is, doesn't seem to be on topic. Now, what can happen is that now that person says, no, this is actually on topic. And now we have a little bit of a problem. Because now it might be that either they've defined the topic wider, or they, um, they say, no, instead of talking about this, it's actually more important to me to talk about that. And in that case, we're actually finding ourselves into what I would call a fork So now where you have to decide, mm-hmm. well, are we talking about what I thought the original topic was, or do we go beyond that? Or we talk about the alternative plan? Like, people often have these counter proposal things that makes it really hard for people to even know what the topic is, because now they've introduced a new one and now we can't decide. And that's, so that's a classic, where then we have to stop and say, okay, it looks like there are two topics that we could, we could be spending time on. Which one do we take? That's a whole other question than, than the other one. And then the harder ones even gets a little bit more complicated, but it's when we notice that in making decision A, we also first need to make decision B, so we can't even make decision B. Like, we can't make a decision with a proposal because we have decided our budget, and only when we've decided our budget can we decide whether we want to do this other thing. And then it gets really messy when all of them are kind of combined. Like, if we notice that in order to make decision A, we have to make decision B, but decision B also depends on so each of those has slightly different options on the table. So when I sort of look a little bit deeper and I have not written this uh, so.
4: <laughs>
3: but that's <I> as <laughs> you for my facilitation classes. Why I, what I do in my facilitation classes, I have only for scenarios and people the whole time, but just <laughs> and I do not know how to say the next and hold on I want to finish my go around real quick and let's see if Lash Yeah. maybe is that the way to say it if you want to say something you that, and we have the and then I would go to sign real quick and then back to Angela and back
2: yeah so one thing that I see like I get are saying in small groups or for strategic planning because it would be really challenging in the kind of local government setting where staff have put a lot of time and work and you know into a report at the very low, like lowest level but it may be you know already progressed to a certain point that it's either either yes or no kind of thing and you don't have the option to do any adjusting within it so <clears throat> yeah I'm taking a lot from this and I'm interested to see how I can bring it into it but I think it would be challenging um, yeah, at the regional district specific because it's a bigger group as well with really varied uh, needs. Maybe at a council table.
7: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm. I, it's it's interesting for sure, and I think that there's probably levels of it that at a smaller table not. District, because I sit on the regional district desire as well, but that's a big group. But at a smaller level, I think even our um, local government kind of does it, uses somewhat of it, not as structured in the, the kind of three steps, but um, there is more of a, an attempt at consensus building, which is which is always a good thing, not just a Roberts' rule, Major- Roberts' of rules majority wins. So. Um, yeah, I find it's, it's very interesting. Thank you.
1: Uh, thanks. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add uh, one thing to Natalie's comment, and then one more kind of general reflection. So, I, one of the things that, and like, this is more in kind of the volunteer context, um, is in Natalie's meeting, um, I think that the problem in our meeting was there was a very clear agenda. Uh, that it was going to be a report from the committee, proposals from the committee, and then proposals from others if they had them. And then people were just throwing ideas around, partly because they're not trained enough in this process, but partly because of kind of the inattention gap right now with volunteers, that people just aren't really reading background documents. I think that that, like, I think this is really challenging to, there's so much potential for transforming the way people work together. But again, people have to be invested in actually doing the work for the meeting to to know what what was on the agenda they're kind of just skipping their emails that's kind of a society problem i think is volunteer burnout and capacity um as a more general comment like where i really saw this would have been useful in my council is in the distinction between the clarifying rounds so two places Um, i i was seeing sometimes a ton of wasted time uh, with people like uh, one thing was a proposal for a net-zero carbon objective for the municipality by 2050. There were councillors that thought that meant that people with snowmobiles could no longer burn gas. Like, they, they didn't understand net-zero. And so there was a ton of upset and debate and a couple of people digging in their heels that there was going to be backlash from the community if we said, our aim is to have no fossil fuels burned in this community by 2050. And that should have been dealt with in a clarifying round. Um, Similarly, the quick reactions I found as a counselor. a lot of times I was going into a meeting expecting a bunch of opposition, and so under Robert's Rules of Order, taking five minutes to make this huge pitch, and then finding that, oh, actually, people, you know, people felt okay, or quite the opposite, finding out that there was a ton of opposition and didn't know about it. And then the other thing is, there's always kind of the quieter people in the group that never weigh in. so I really like that then you have that second round of quick reactions that you get in the lay of the land. And the way that um, that the groups I've been involved with have been using the questions and the quick reactions, they've been like, even with groups of seven or eight, those parts have been really fast. So that's where I saw that even in a regular meeting, that a mayor or a chair or a chief counselor could just before getting into debate, kind of use those rounds just as a way to bring in more inclusivity and be more effective in meetings. Um, And then I'll just say again, because I think it's worth repeating what I said at the beginning. The most powerful part for me would have been, you know, as the only woman, the only person under age 50, the only person with a bit of an ecocentric point of view, that I wasn't always totally responsible for trying to convince people, but that I could bring an objection to the table that, that they would try to incorporate in their decision-making. and I think it goes for any minor, minority group. You're, you're just, as they say in deep democracy, you're going beyond the vote. You're saying, like, we might still do a majority vote at the end, but we're saying to people, you know, for kind of hybrid organizations that just want to use this practice, but still maybe revert to their majority vote because they have to for their constitution at least just by by trying to bring people along and integrating those objections, you're gonna end up with a more quality decision than if you just call a vote after a debate. So I see great potential here to train people to, to use these rounds, even if they're not fully adopting the sociocracy method in their decision-making or organizational structure. Thank you.
3: Also I went um, I was asked for the the sources on majority vote consensus and um the of some others in the chat I was able to find pretty quick, but if you Google the person the book, you will find computers uh,
4: and thank you. I think that um what Lani was saying about some people showing up not prepared is something that I'm really encountering a lot too. And and further um, preparing themselves with their own, uh, you know, like the, the fork that went off onto the uh, tangential direction, you know, and, and just going full steam 100% over this way when the agenda at hand and the work that we're trying to do is in these confines, but some, uh, people are bringing their, their own, um, you know, yeah, like you said, wish lists, right? And they're bringing this, uh, kind of, uh, they're not understanding the work that this is, that we're doing here, you know? So I, I do feel, um, continuously put out in a way by having to bend for the people who are the most, uh, rigid and, and like, incapable of bending, incapable of doing their work, incapable of, you know, understanding what the, the documents even say and what they mean, you know, like, I mean, I know that that seems really harsh because there's a sense of, like, well, I'm the only one who understands this, but you don't, and so I'm right and you're wrong, right? Like, I, (laughs) I see how that is a challenge uh and it's not um opening the tent to make it more consensus-based for everyone to have their objections be heard and understood and listened to but i do see too how um a small amount of uh important efforts to the work that we're doing together that we've decided like oh we're deciding to have a a mandatory soccer game, you know, like, that's what, what the goal is, uh, or to, to make peace and entertainment, that's the goal, and having that agreement there, uh, instead of, you know, um, a pound's worth of, let, let's, let me just, like, pull this entire mountain this way, you know, like, so I, I guess I see how that's what I'm, just, just to put what we're doing in this class to my everyday work, uh, I see how there's definitely kind of a need to follow the, the consensus where it's like, oh, well, this is what the majority has decided, and so this is where we have to go, and I'm sorry that you feel like you want to go to Mars and populate Mars, but we're committed to living on Earth now, so, like, and sort of how that, um, I know, maybe I would feel differently if I was the one trying to move the mountain, but I'm trying to now sort of like continuously kind of do the task at hand or something, like th- to, to work on the agreed upon topic or, you know, I, I hope that makes sense. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Hope, um I hope one of you is gonna follow up on this whole tally Mendelberg thing because so many things you're describing it just like seems so poor. like the things she's studying are so important oh, tally Mendelberg well
2: thank you all <laughs> That's good. I'm, I'm chewing <laughs> hey. there's your
1: evidence
3: Um, if you want to ever read up on all this stuff, you can look at the website. I think you might have made that somewhere, but I'm also very to We also have a conference coming up.
2: much thanks everyone for coming yeah
0: it's been
6: fun
2: recording stopped